have some of them gone. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 4. Uh, I, I was originally going to start in verse 10, but I decided we'd, we'd roll it up uh, a little earlier, so I text Jason, did you get my text? All right, good deal. I wasn't just texting for no reason here in church as we were in the service, but I was, uh, as I was reading, going over my notes, you know, I've, I'm calling this, You Are God's Handiwork. And, uh, you know, it, it, when we think in, in, about our lives we, and we look at the time we live in, you know, I feel like sometimes I was born 150 years too late. You know, I, I would love to have lived in, in the old West days. I, I would love to have lived in, in the pioneer days. And, and uh, you know, I, I love that time period. I love the, the movies and I love the, all the stuff. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's just times, I mean, I've been working the sale barn on Thursdays. Not because I need to. I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm driving the old 97 Dodge because my, my, my newer truck's been in the shop. And, and uh, so I started fixing it up. And I don't know if it's out there today. You might not recognize I got new wheels and, you know, cleaned up, took up all the old rusty Nerf bars off it. That truck had never left. It hadn't been washed in about probably seven or eight years. It, it just sat up there at the barn, hardly ever drove it. I did finally, you know, but the Lord was preparing an opportunity to get into that, uh, to, to drive it or to need it, um, and uh, preparing me because I, I did some work on it to make it a little better. And, and uh, anyway, but I, I've thought sometimes do people wonder if I'm, you know, if we're doing okay financially because I hear I am you know, not driving. I hadn't seen my brown uh, flatbed in in uh, in three weeks. You know, it's like, did he get it repossessed or what's the deal? You know, uh, you know, it, 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 and driving the old '97. But uh, but I've really enjoyed fixing that thing up. And you know, that's kind of what I I began to relate this to how God fixes us up. You know, I don't know about when, when you gave your life to the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord as a little child, as a small child in church, growing up in church. But yet I, I, I lived several years, a couple of two or three years running from God, living pretty, pretty uh, wild and out there during uh, high school. But as I, I, I had been experienced God and I began in my really about 19, but early, early 20s especially, uh, surrendering my life to God and, and him, him really transforming my life. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've lived a lot of years as a Christian, but I can still remember the transformation. And I can remember, here's the thing, it didn't just happen overnight. My, my, I was born again. Now, my, my spirit man was born. But man, my mind and my attitude and my heart and, and all these things had to be worked over over time. And, you know, I, I was working with and working uh, around a lot of people who weren't living for God. And so it made it very, it made it difficult. And, and you know, I spent a time period where I was, I was working in the church full time and had, a, had an office position. And, and you know, I, all my friends were Christians. And, you know, there wasn't ever anybody that cussed. There wasn't anybody that, you know, that was living uh, what we would term a, a worldly lifestyle. And, you know, but I realized after, after being in that environment for a long time, I, I realized that I was not able to connect as well with the people that God called me to reach and, and to minister to. And so, you know, I, I just laughed. Somebody was, uh, we were, I was working the, the sale barn, and, man, it's been hot the last two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, it was really hot. And uh, we're horseback from, from 8.30 in the morning until about 3. This, this sale's been running until about 3 o'clock. And uh, so I'm on the outbound side, and, and my, I mean, I've just got one horse, and, 
you know, I, I borrowed another horse because I feel like I was abusing mine because she hadn't been rode that much. And of course, I am, I am, I, I work out in the heat quite a bit, but not all day. I can usually find an air conditioner in the afternoon, you know, and I ain't had to stay out in that stuff. And so I've been trying to get in shape for that. And this week, I mean, I'm driving around with the air, windows down. I ain't using the air conditioner. I'm trying to get toughened up for that planning for the next, this next Thursday, it's gonna be tough. Well, see, I don't have to work. Dakota was shorthanded, so I was helping a brother out, you know? But then I also told my wife, I said, now this paycheck's mine. We ain't going throwing this in the little extra. This is, this is my hunting stash. This is, this is, gonna, this is gonna pay for some, some hunting stuff, you know, or, 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 or so. Yeah, I am gonna, yeah. I kinda hung around after the sale last time. I was thinking, you know, he's gonna think he's gonna throw me a check here, right? Maybe. Anyway. Uh, but, but I laugh at those guys. There's some of those people that, that they, they have to do that. And you would think, why would you go run, ride? That first week was 102 heat index. I mean, it was, it was not a fun afternoon, although it was a blast. I'm, I'm, we're horseback all afternoon. Now, after about six or seven hours of that, this old body was feeling, feeling it. But you know what? I didn't hurt for two days after this time. I only hurt the first day. So it's getting better. I'm getting conditioned. I'm getting transformed. I'm getting changed. See, here's the thing where, where God is concerned. He's going he's gonna, to, if we allow him to continue to work on us, he'll continue to change and transform and prepare and fix and restore us. My old 97 starting to starting to look like it's, it's like, you know, even Jay Hoover told me last night I went up to his house. He said, well, I'd even drive that thing. Well, so, and, and of course, he, he loves the old trucks like that. And see, it, it was changed. It was transformed. But see, here's the thing. We made a choice. My wife and I were making a choice to save, to pay debt down, to get prepared to be able to do whatever we want to do. We've made a decision to drive that or live like wh whatever, to making those choices because God's directing us. And see, where, where our life is concerned, He knew exactly who you were, you were. He knew where you were going to be. He chose you and placed you for a time like this. See, that God knew, and you, you, you may say, man, I don't know about this time we're living in. I'm not real comfortable with the way things are looking. Where are things going to be in five years, in ten years, in six months? And yet understand and know that we serve a God who understands and knows exactly who you are and why, and, and you're here for a purpose and a reason, and God's not, God's not short on giving you everything you need to get there. Verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2, he says, But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Him. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you've been saved. See, he says, even when we were dead in transgressions, in His rich mercy, He, he made us alive. He made available to us. He, he gave us the provision. Now, our... Our part is to accept that. But he, he made that available to us in His mercy. Verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in, heavenly, in the heavenly realm, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. You know, he, he makes it very clear. It's not of ourselves. It's not of our works. It's not of all the things that we can do. 
You know, I, I, I spent a lot of years working on me, trying to, to become what I thought was the perfect Christian, being frustrated all the time with the failures and the inadequacies, and the devil would, would, would just weigh me down with all the things that I, all my shortcomings, all the areas and ways that I fell short of being like the Christian I thought I needed to be. I can remember coming into church in, in, in those early years, and, and I, I was still working the ranch full time, and, and, and I was trying to be a good Christian, you know. I was trying to live for God, but boy, I was failing miserably on a regular basis, and, and, and I didn't understand God's grace like I understood it now. And I, I remember coming in, and I might be sitting like where Dakota is, up, up fairly close to the, and there would be people I knew might come in behind it. And in, in our church, we'd, during worship and praise, we'd stand. And, you know, sometimes people may wonder, why do we got to stand? for all three songs. Well, what do you do when, when, when a king shows up in your presence? When a pre are you going to sit back and just kind of do this, or are you going to stand at attention? See, part of that, I think, is, is a representation of, of us. Now, if you're not able to, obviously, because of you know, getting older or whatever, that's fine. But that's the reason we stand. Because here's the thing. In God's presence, we're either going to stand and honor Him, or we're going to kneel. Now, we could do that. You want to get on your face before God. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more comfortable standing in a bunch of people than being on my face before God. But I guarantee you there's been moments and times in my life where I've been on my face before God because I, I want to honor Him that much. But in the church that I was in, we were standing like this, and I, I can remember, remember wondering, oh, man, I wonder if anybody's coming in here seeing me, seeing me worship God, seeing me look like I am a Christian, because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I, I, and so I ran from God for a period of time because I couldn't live up to what I thought was the standard. And what I didn't understand was that when I come with a heart that's repentant before God, I'm coming in to get fixed, to get restored, to get cleaned up. You know, that's the amazing thing. Just, just a little bit of transformation on that old Dodge. First of all, I washed it. It's a white truck. Red mud up there around south of Nash. I mean, that truck was stained. It was, it was work to get, the, get that sucker clean. I had my pressure washer at home. It didn't have hot water, didn't have soap with it, but, but you would have thought that had knocked it all off. No. I had to get some elbow grease in there. I had to scrub to get those stains off. I had to get it cleaned up. And then I started noticing other things. Man, the old Nerf bars along the foot, you know, the, the, the deals are all rusted out. They look nasty. I, 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 I was trying to replace them. I finally just took them off. And then I got to noticing, well, hey, you know, the, the rims aren't, they don't all match. I never paid attention to that. I, I bought it off my uncle, traded him for actually some groundwork, gave him like 600 bucks worth of, worth of farm work for it. And, and it's got 230,000 miles. I mean, it's set up there in, on the ranch, never left, hardly ever went into, you know, went into Nash, but never came to Enid. I, you know, it didn't go that far. And I, but I'd fixed it up. I'd done some work to it. All of a sudden, I started noticing things that needed to be transformed and changed. I, I noticed things that needed to be restored. I noticed things that needed to be replaced. And, and you know what? The wheels didn't match. They're, on one side, there were some, some old stock rims, looked like trailer rims. And on the other side were some aluminum alloy mag wheels. I mean, as long as you couldn't see both sides at the same time anyway. I mean, hey. Just make sure if you want to look good, just make sure you pull up with the passenger side showing because that's where the mag wheels were, see? You know, it was stuff I'd never noticed. But as I began to desire to restore it, I started to notice things. And you know what? 
I thought, I don't want to spend, a, I'm, I'm being tight. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'm not going to go, I mean, it's got a lot of miles. I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not going to go spend a blow a whole bunch of money just to look good on the outside. But yet I, God said, hey, you know, I found Stanley's uh, wrecker has a, a, also a salvage yard. And there's about 12 of those old Dodges sitting back there. So, I mean, it's like, like going shopping. I went back there with the old guy, and I got to looking around. Hey, man, my old bumper, the back bumper was all rusted out. Hey, there's a, there's a, it's the only good thing on this old truck back there, but there's a chrome bumper on there. hundred bucks. Pull that butt dude off. Put it on there. I got to notice some rims. Hey, took me a long, took me about a week. Took me three trips back there to find a matching set. I'd find three, I'd find two, I could find, I had, I couldn't find matches to mine. Nothing worked. Finally, I came up with the, the 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 set of rims, and there was good tires on them, and I sold them on marketplace for half of what I gave for the rims, the the rims. So I think I got sixty bucks in new rims. They got a little rust on them. Hey, they matched the rest of the truck. Now, why am I telling you all this story? Y'all are going, oh, I don't really care about all this. But what about in our lives? What things in our lives? Do we, do we, as we grow in one area, we start to look at another? Now, see, I can get the outside of that truck all really restored. But you know what? I also got to do a little work on the inside. Power steering pump was leaking. I fixed it. I got to get under the hood. I got to start changing some things. And if you know old Dodges, I, ha I hadn't got the dash fixed yet. One thing about it, because my the the, the air in direct th direction thing was blowing all out the air the air vents up here, I could reach in through the hole in the in the top of the dash and wedge something in there so it blew out the vents. It's awesome. I love it. But you know, here's the thing: little things like that in our lives, are we willing to let God restore us? Are we willing? Or, or are we going to let pride? Are we going to let pride say, "Well, I got to have a new one," or we're going to let our flesh say, "I got to have a new one"? See, here's the thing: what, what are we going to say about our life? What things need to be restored? What things on the outside do we need to fix? Do we need to, uh, uh, expressions, things we say, how we care about people, actions, maybe expressions of our face? You ever go into a store and? You know, or you ever you ever look at yourself in the mirror and and or, or or even just think about it and catch yourself? You got a scowl on your face. You know, some people just naturally, I think, scowl. I think some people just naturally that away. Well, well, listen, are we going? Are we we're willing to to uh, spread a little joy, spread a little love? You know, I have to w make sure and work on things like that sometimes. I get to realizing when I'm intense, the way I walk, I mean, I walk with a purpose. That was because I was trying to keep up with my dad as a little boy. I mean, because he went somewhere on purpose, with a purpose. Sometimes I'm walking with a, with a purpose, and, and sometimes that's aggressive feeling. I mean, there's all these different things, different ways that we do and we act on the outside. Can, can, we, can we polish some of those things up? Can we ask ourselves, God, what would I change in me? How would you transform me? What can I, how can I be more effective in, in, in influencing those around us? You know, Bible talks about a wife can can win over their husband by by their actions, by their demeanor, by what how they live their life. 
They, they, it, say, it talks about parents influencing your children. We need to ask ourselves, how, what, what, am I, what signals am I sending to my kids? I heard a, a, a deal this week on the radio that said something about, talk, and I've said this here many times, talking about how you talk to your kids can be so important. The little things you do, the little things you say, the little, little things that we say in jest that our kids never pick up on. Or, I mean, we think they never notice, but yet they pick up on it. How influential is that? I can remember things that mom said as, a, as call, calling me a leader, calling me somebody, calling me one who, who would influence others. Just little things that she said to me when, when no other re, in, in no other reason in my mind, the many things in my, uh, of what other people would say would totally counteract all of that. Even things that I felt in, in, in myself. Begin to think about the words, the, the way we influence and affect others by the outward expressions and the things that we see. But also be willing to, like the restoration of that, of that, of that my old truck, is what also on the inside has to be, needs to be taken care of. What, what needs to be uh, dealt with. What, need, what, what questions do we need to ask? You know, that's a wonderful thing about the, the help of the Holy Spirit when we give our life to Jesus Christ is he begins to work on us. Look at that, that verse 10. He says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Man, just think about it. We're, we're God's handiwork. For one thing, you know, you ought to consider how you see you. I know how other people, you know, a lot of times, I don't know if we're, we're being influenced by what other people think. I, some personalities more so than others, but, but, but you, you, you think about what other people think of you or, you or you think and you consider all these other things, all these external things. But, but more importantly than any of it is what do you think of you? How do you see yourself? We've got to learn to love ourselves. We've got to learn to, to accept ourselves. And we've got to learn, learn to, even in the, in the inadequacies and the things that we are in all of our flaws, we, if we're willing to look at them and say, God, help me fix that. You know, I, I can tell you that, that God can do it. There's certain things you can't change. I always tell people I've been short all my life. Can't, can't, can't help it. I've hit my head on less stuff, some of you tall folks. Yeah, I got to use a ladder when somebody else doesn't. Yeah, yeah, but there's 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 things there's things that you know being, being short hasn't been a big deal to me. But you know, it, when I was young, I didn't know I was short. I didn't know I was small. I remember Mom had videotaped me and Chad Dobbins and Chris Smola walking out. And they, they, if you're not from Watonga, you don't know who these boys were. But these were the linemen on the on the football team, and they were big. And we were in like seventh grade. I probably I think I wrestled at that time. I think I was wrestling at uh, 89 pounds. I'm short. I'm 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 not. You know I'm I'm thin. I mean and and I'm walking out there as a captain of the football seventh seventh grade. You know we're walking out for the coin toss. Mom's filming from the stands, and I'm thinking, who's that little kid out there with Chad and Chris? I watched the film later. I'm thinking. Who's this, who's this little kid wearing my jersey? He got my number on. Who's this little guy? I was a middle linebacker in seventh grade. I mean, you know, I'd go hit anybody. I'd take anybody on. I didn't know I was small. All of a sudden, the image of that, I can remember thinking, wow, I'm small. 
But you know what? I didn't stay with that mentality very long. And, and you know what? I, I've never allowed that or left that, made that be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the thing. You can also get so anti that that you become driven with like what they call small man syndrome and you know you gotta you gotta try to prove all this stuff and you're, you're worried about all this stuff. Look, just be who you are. Let God be, let, let God in you create you you know and, and make you strong in the strengths that you have to be able to do, learn to love yourself. Learn to learn to accept what you can't change. But boy, I tell you on the, on the flip side of that, be determined that you're not going to leave things that need to be changed, unchanged. You're going to trust God through the power of His and, and the work of, of the Holy Spirit in your life to begin to transform and change those things. You know, uh, I, I tell people some of the, some of the uh, you know, well, let's look at Psalms, what does it do? Psalms 30, uh, 139. I'll, I'll just put it up on the, I'm not even going to turn over there. But he says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14 says, I praise you because I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. The psalmist, he, he, he says, man, God, you made me. You created me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Every time you begin to, and, and if the devil tries to mess with your head and, and talk about the things in you that aren't perfect or the things you wish you could change, you need, to, you need to see, you need to always remember that God created you, His handiwork, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, I know that people are different. Looks and attitude and personality, and He created us all. None of us are the same. Isn't that incredible? We joke about the snowflakes, but we're kind of like snowflakes. Oh, no, let's, let's change that illustration. But no, think about a thumbprint or print. You know, why do they, why do they take our prints so that there is, there is one, there, there's, none, there's not another one just like it? We're individuals. We're, we're created as individuals. And you know what? When we can begin to look at ourselves and see ourselves as valuable in God's eyes, we're His handiwork. You and all your idiosyncrasies are, are amazing. I have three daughters, and our oldest is 30, and our youngest is this one singing up here, senior in high school. Got another one in, in, in between and a son. You know, it is amazing how much different those girls are. It's incredible how, how different their personalities are. I mean, I, I could just, I could, I could, you know, get, get a response in a, in a, by offering a challenge to our oldest one. You know, tell her you, you, she couldn't do it, or tell her, I mean, she was bullheaded, she was strong-willed, she was one that, that was going to go do something. The second one was like, you say, no, you can't do that, and she'd go, okay. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't really want to anyway. So I was like, wait a minute, that motivation doesn't work. That didn't work. The other one, you tell them, you know, the, 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 Kinsey, you tell her that, she may have a, a, an entirely different response. And see, each one of them are different. Each one of you are different. But here's what I found is each one of them has great purpose, just like you, has great purpose, even though others may not see it. God sees it. So I, th I don't know. That's part of the message here today is that we need to ask ourselves, God, what have you got for me to do? You may be, you may be far enough along in life, you think you know all that you, you have to do, but I tell you what, I believe God has created you for even more and something else to do. You know, you, you may, uh, I, I wrote this down, we're all the sum of our experiences. 
The amazing thing is that God has the power to turn even the worst of experiences into great strengths for your, uh, for, for your good and His glory. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8. I got a whole bunch of notes that we're not going to get to today, and, and, uh, but I, I do want you to see this. Verse uh, 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who is called according to His purpose. Keep turning over there if you're, if you're still... You know, and and I, I challenge you, continue to bring your, your, your physical Bible. Some people are intimidated by the fact that, that they're still flipping pages or, or maybe have struggled, struggled to find it. But you know, how you, you know how you get good at anything? How'd you learn to tie your shoes? Practice. It, 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 when you was under pressure, was it hard? I mean, can you remember that? I remember teaching all the kids that and teaching all, all, of, my, all of our kids how to tie their shoes, and we'd go through the little steps, and we'd fumble it, and we'd mess it up, and we had to redo it, and we'd keep going over and over, but eventually they got fast. I don't wear tennis shoes hardly any at all, but I can still remember how to tie my shoes. Notice, though, what he said. Keep, keep looking at that. I love the, to see it in my physical Bible. Because he says, we know that in all that in all things, God works for for the good of those who love him. So all things are not good. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that all things are good. All things that happen, in other words, bad experiences, things like that are not necessarily good, but God's at work in them to turn them for our good. He'll make good of them. That's why, I, that's why I wrote down the, uh, the sum of all our experiences. You know, I, I look at many of the things that, that I went through as a kid. You know, I, I, I remember those times of being bullied and picked on, or I remember those times of, of death and, of my dad and loss. I remember those times of, 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 you know, just a lot of different stuff. But it all prepared me because God was at work in all of it that, that it prepared me for other things. It prepared me and enabled me to do what I can do today. You know, the wonderful thing is, is that the verses right ahead of that are a part of that verse 28. It says, in the same way in verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our heart, talking about the Spirit of God, knows the mind of the Spirit, but, but because the Spirit intercedes for God, uh, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. So the Spirit is interceding. The Holy Spirit of God is interceding or, or being the one who stands in the gap, the one who's helping out, the one who, who's giving direction. It says he's doing it according to the will of God. So then he says, and then in the midst of of all things, God works together for those who love Him. So in the midst of those things that we go through in life, the Holy Spirit is there to help us, interceding, helping us, directing us, giving us wisdom, giving us understanding, giving us help. And He helps us in our weaknesses. You know, you, you, you may look at your life and, and, and you may say, man, I, you know, I, I got a long ways to go. You say, well, join the club. And you know what I've found is, is we continue to grow and, and maintain our lives or develop in our lives 
We, can, we continue to be restored. We be, continue to be renewed. We continue to be shaped and molded and crafted into what God wants us to be. I, I just love the fact that He turns all things, and, and he, he takes, I wrote this down, He, he turns all your, our baggage into beautiful works for His glory. You know, there's times that we have baggage. There's times when life, you know, there's just baggage. You ever, you ever have an experience in your life, and especially, you know, some of you who maybe didn't live for God all your life, or, or maybe you even living for God, you still made, had some things that just, just didn't work out. You got baggage. You got stuff. You know, here's the wonderful thing about God is, is he, He's there to take that baggage and, and use it. That's what the craftsmanship that he does, the working that he does, and he'll change it from being something that weighs us down from, from being baggage to being a building block. He can begin to make it part of our ministry. It, it becomes part of the way that we can interact and, and help others. When I tell you to forgive, to walk in forgiveness, to not hold on against others, to determine that you're going to release others from, from the things that they've done wrongs for you, why, why am I saying that? Well, well, number one, God said to do it. He said you're, you're going to mess up your prayers. He said you're going to actually cause God to not God won't forgive us if we don't forgive others. I mean, man, it's it, there's not really a choice that's given. You say, well, I can't do that. That's very difficult, and I understand that. I've had things in my life that were very difficult to forgive, and you know what? Here's the thing: doing and and that could be a weakness. You say, well, I'm not going to forgive those people because they don't deserve it. I'm not going to forgive those people because they didn't apologize. I'm not going to forgive those people because... And, and you know what? We can pile any, line up any amount of reasons why we wouldn't want to do what God said to do. But you know what? God's not interested in, let, in, in letting them get away with it. That's not the reason. He's wanting to make sure the baggage of that doesn't hold you down. He's, he's doing that to set you free. Because you know what? When you, when you forgive... You're not saying, oh, it's okay. You're saying you're no longer going to control me. You're no, I, I'm no longer going to live, die, breathe, think, make decisions in life based on you. I'm going to trust God. And you know what? Then you begin, you begin to be free. That hold has no, no hold. You, you say, but, but you don't know what they've done. But you know what? I, I could tell you stories that might make you cry. I can tell you stories of, of hurt, of things uh, that, that, that me, my wife, my family, you, I mean, we've all had, we've, we've all have probably had things that were horribly done to us. And you know, here's the thing, in our weakness, in our inability, in other words, he says the Holy Spirit will give us strength. The Holy Spirit will, will give us, he'll intercede for us. You know what you have to do? You have to say, I choose to. But you know what you have to do? You say, I, I, I'm going to do that. I don't know how. And you know what? You can be honest and say, God, I don't want to. I, I've done that. I don't want to. They don't deserve it. I don't want to. But you know, here's, here's, here's the big change is you say, but God, I want to want to. And if you'll just say, I want to want to, then God will begin to change your want to. 
it began to change you, began to transform you, and you begin to trust God. God, in, your, in the weakness, I mean, in my weakness, in my inability to do it on my own, thank you, Lord, that you're going to show up and make it, me able. And you know what? You can, you can take that baggage, and it becomes a, a, then a building block for your life. It can then, see, uh, it can then begin to free you. It has no hold on you. You begin to walk in the victory that, that God has for you. You know, I can just tell you also, it doesn't, I heard a lady one time, and I didn't intend on spending a lot of time on forgiveness. Obviously, this is something somebody needs. We all need it at all times. But I had a lady one time, she thought the only way forgiveness would be true was if, if they could hug. I mean, I guess because, you know, growing up, what, you, what were you told? Your cousin, you know, you kicked your cousin or you made him, or you made him cry. What did you, your parents tell them? You tell them you're sorry, and you say, sorry. And then they'd say, what? Well, okay, now hug. That was, what, it was her, her concept of when, when we've forgiven, when we've exchanged forgiveness. Well, see, God's forgiveness doesn't, isn't determined on the other person. And, and how many of you were ever told to say you sorry, and you said sorry, and you really weren't sorry? As little kids, I mean, you know, it's like we're telling them, yeah, we're demonstrating what they're supposed to do, but in their hearts, heart of hearts, are they really sorry? No, they're just telling you what you want to hear. And see, sometimes, here's the thing. In the process of restoration, being restored by God, we can put on a good show, and we can say all the right things. But here's the thing, and, and I didn't get to it. It's in my notes. We'll probably get on to this next week. But it, it's, it, what is our heart? Because that's what God's really looking at. You know, you can, you, you know people say, well, those, those people call themselves Christians, but they don't act like it. Well, here, here's the only thing, and that's why I say we can only, it should be an outward demonstration, yes. But God's the one that knows our heart. You can't play games with God. And so when we come before God and we say, I, I, I forgive them, he's going to say, okay, well, we'll work on that. That's a work in progress because he knows you hadn't quite gotten there. And when, and when you say, well, I'm not right quite there. But you know what? Here's the thing. It's a process. And you know what? Every time that person comes, that issue, that thing comes to mind, and you want to take that bitterness back, and you want to take that resentment back, and you want to get angry again, you know what you do? You by faith again say, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm doing this. I didn't feel like it. I, I felt like it yesterday. Don't feel like it today. Every time, oh, every time that person's the thought of them or that phone call or that issue you've got to have, when that comes back, you by faith say, nope, God, I'm giving that to you. I will walk in forgiveness. I am releasing them. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Unless we choose to surrender and choose to make that decision and trust in the help of the Holy Spirit, well, never, you, 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 can't do, you, you can't do some of that on your own. There's some things you can forgive. You can forgive somebody for cutting you off. You can forgive somebody for cheating you for out of 20 bucks. You can, you can forgive somebody for saying something bad about you. You can kind of do that in your own flesh. Man, there's some other things that they don't deserve it. Man, I can, boy, hmm. One other thing, since we're on this topic, we've opened this can of worms. You know, one thing that I had a pastor friend of mine named Vic Porter. He had a message that he taught. It was, don't carry offense. 
and he borrowed offenses. That's it. Don't borrow an offense from somebody else. You can have a friend who has done bad, a family member who's done bad. You can carry more resentment, or, or, or they mess with one of your kids. Ho oh, ho. You know, you, that, that, you, you can, they cheat me, that's one thing, but by golly, they shouldn't have done that to so and so. That's just as wrong, and it can control you just as much. I mean, man, there's, there's, there's things I know about people's lives, that how they were done, and I, boy, I want to get mad and fight. It's like, I might, let, I might let them buy with me, but I want to go, you know, knock their teeth out. I want to go, you know, I mean, after all, God will forgive me, and we'll just, you know, forget I'm a preacher for a day. No. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Are we, are we borrowing fences for our kids, our grandkids, our friends? See, here's the thing. That can bind you up just as bad, just as much. In fact, the devil will use any tactic he can to hold you in bondage. Don't let him. It says resist the devil and he'll flee. Be aware of his tactics. He's getting you mad about something happened to your spouse. I mean, or your kid or your parent or your grandparent or whatever. Maybe a coworker or a friend. They shouldn't have done that every time that comes to mind. I just want, boy, I mean, you ever just start getting tense and you get your teeth? I don't, that's what I do. It's like, and then I go, nope. But see, here's sometimes, here's, here's the thing, and I think this is why the Holy Spirit's ministering this so much, is I think sometimes you didn't even realize you were doing it. Because there's times, I, I mean, I waste time being mad at somebody that did Dakota wrong, said something wrong to Dakota, you know, some of you, whoever, I'm just, I can, get, I can get mad over that. Why? <laughs> but see, sometimes I think we don't even realize it, and we're wasting emotions, we're, we're, we're wasting thoughts, we're, we're considering things that aren't even a, a, shouldn't even be a waste of our time. See, if we're God's handiwork, He needs us in the best place we can and condition that we can be in to be able to affect for positive those are around us. So, so don't allow that. Begin, but give that to God. Now, here's the wonderful thing. What's he say there in verse 26? The Spirit helps us in the weaknesses. When we don't know what we ought to pray, He'll intercede for us. In other words, He'll, he'll give us the Spirit-led prayer. What's James say? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I want effective prayers. Well, how, how do I need, uh, how do I get an effective prayer? Use the Word of God. So as, as we wrap this up today, I just want you to know it all begins with a choice. First choice, make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then you've got the help of the Holy Spirit to help you get through all those things. Then you need to ask yourself in that time of prayer, man, I love, I, I love that, first song, that first hymn. Man, Lord, illumine me. I mean, we, we don't use that word. That's a kind of a King Jamesy kind of word. But man, God, in other words, enlighten me. Give me, help me, help me see. Oh, wait a minute, I'm carrying an offense. I'm mad on a regular basis in my mind because of something that happened. I, illumine me, Lord. So I challenge you, make this your, your goal this week. I'm going to spend some time, just quiet time with the Lord. Lord, show me, is there anything that I'm missing? Sometimes I just pray the prayer and say, Lord, I forgive. I walk in forgiveness. That is my life. That's the way I'm going to walk. Uh, in forgiveness, Lord, if there's some ought that I'm holding against somebody. 
there's something I'm missing, show me. And I'll bring it before you. I'll, I'll give it to you. Lord, I don't want any baggage. I don't, need it. I don't need any extra. I don't need any. I got enough to weigh me down without an extra. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come before you today. And, and Lord, we just thank you that, Father, this, this, this message today was, was very, I believe, specific to, to, to many who are here and many who are watching. But Lord, if it's not something that we needed today, we'll need it tomorrow. We'll need it the next day. Because, Father, we're constantly bombarded with thoughts and images and ideas that, that make us less than. Less than who you said we are. Less than who you want us to be. Father, I thank you and I praise you that, that you, didn't, you didn't come for less than. You came to give us more. Your word says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you came to give us life and life more abundant. So, Lord, we don't want to live in anything less than the abundance of what you provide. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you that when we make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives, that we, we then have the power of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we don't want just a little trickle of the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that, pray that everybody in here would, would, would make the statement, Lord, fill me to your, fill, fill me to full with the Holy Spirit so that I can have everything you have for me, that I'll not put any limits on you. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you give us the ability to see things from your perspective. And, and Lord, if there's anybody who who's struggles to, to forgive, I thank you that there's power from the Holy Spirit to, give, to enable us to do it. I pray, Father God, that you'd reveal maybe things that we didn't even realize we were carrying. Uh, offenses, borrowed offenses, some, something that it's come against somebody else. Lord, help us to support them, yes, but also, Father, not be, not be burdened by, by resentment, bitterness, anger, and all the sins of the flesh. Father, we just praise and thank you that when we give it to you, we, we then see the power of God available to us come into our lives. Lord, I pray for each and every one that, 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 that's in here and that watches this, Father God, that throughout this week, they they begin to walk in the freedom that you provide. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, look, we're going to close in song.